Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, good Jesus. Good Father, (laughs) we thank you. We thank you that you've never lost a battle. Because you're in our corner, we are confident that we also will win. We thank you for this victory we have through Jesus Christ, that in all things, nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Father, as we get into your word, may you speak to us clearly. May your word transform us. May your wisdom prevail, and may your word come alive in our lives. We thank you. We thank you for the freedom that only your word can give. We thank you for your truth that sets free. We thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So last month, we spent a lot of time talking about evangelism, the need for the Christian to bear witness. Uh, Last week... Our brother Kujo shared the story of Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well. And what stood out for me strongly in that story was how from the time the woman encountered Jesus and to the time she started telling others about Jesus was almost immediately. Amen. She didn't have to memorize a thousand scriptures. She, could, she hadn't read the Bible from cover to cover. She hadn't been to seminary or Bible school. She hadn't sat in discipleship class. And then you realize from that account that actually all you need to do is to to tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. You don't need a degree in theology. You don't need to be an expert in apologetics or theodicy. You just can share what your experience has been. Amen. And for most situations, it is enough. Amen. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Are you also blind? Do you want to see? Amen. Today I want to share with us a concept the Apostle Peter, when he was confronting Ananias and Sapphira, shared. It's a concept the church tends to miss. And unfortunately, if you you miss that, life is a lot harder. It's the concept of agency. Amen. Agency. Uh, Let's get to Acts chapter 5 so that it becomes very clear instead of me reading definitions. uh, You can never be a true steward of that way God has entrusted to you, whether it is the talents, the abilities, the treasures, or the time he has given you until you have an understanding of agency. Amen. So Acts chapter 5 begins with this story. It says, But there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles claiming it was the full amount. So he brought part of the money claiming that it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, please listen carefully to the words of Peter. Then Peter said, Ananias, 
Why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. Verse 4. Please pay attention to verse 4. It says, The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away or to keep, technically. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Amen. The concept of agency says that whatever God has given you, he has given you. The decision to keep it all to yourself or to give some away is your decision. The Holy Spirit strikes this man dead because he brought a part claiming it was a bull. And that was a problem. The problem wasn't that he gave part. The problem was that he was claiming that the part was the whole. Amen. And if he had decided not to sell the land, he will serve Jesus, he will die, he will go to heaven. God has no problem with that. If he had decided after selling the land that it was a mistake, I'm going to keep all the money to find another piece of land somewhere and buy and build on it and do whatever. That was fine also. It is totally fine. But to bring just a part and then, in fact, to stand before God's people and say, I'm going to sell my land and I'm going to bring all the money. God hadn't asked him to do that. He does that. And then, at the point where he has to fulfill his vow, he was struggling. And his wife consents to this plan. And both of them end up dying. Now, you cannot be a proper steward of that which God entrusts to you until you understand this concept. If the church has its way, you'll be doing God's work 24-7. You'll be going on evangelism, you'll be in prayer meeting, you'll be in all night, you'll be this, 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 that, that. Of course, because then the church will grow. So your pastor will call you, oh, sister this, can you, brother this, can you? And this concept says that when you woke up in the morning, God gave you 24 hours. And all the 24 hours was yours. If you realize that I'm married, I have children, I have a job, (laughs) whatever, sick parents I take care of, and because of all of these things, I can only give 30 minutes to God. And you know that this is the best I can give to God. This principle says that it is okay to say that pastor or church, I know that you need 24 hours of my time, but unfortunately, the best I can give is 30 minutes. Amen. And that is okay. If you don't understand the concept of agency, you would also struggle with the concept of consent. So in many marriages, you find people grumbling. But why are you grumbling? You are grumbling because 
know, sometimes you're doing what you don't want to do, or you don't know if you want to do it, or if you wanted to give that much, you wanted to commit as much, you wanted to go as far. And it's complicated. It gets murky. So when somebody forgets your birthday, like last year, I, I, I dropped everything and I went for their birthday. How come they, and, and your, your parents and in-laws and this, you know, we grumble and complain because we tend to be poor students of this concept that Apostle Peter was teaching. Give the best you can. Give it freely. Give to the Lord. And move on. This is what the Apostle Peter was trying to teach Ananias and Sapphira. And this is extremely important because these were the early days of the church. And as you know, with buildings, foundations are critical. In fact, I believe the only reason why the Holy Spirit took them out was because he wanted the people to understand that if you want to give to God, give to God that which you can afford. So, this concept also says that you have to know that which is yours. You must know what you have. Too many people don't even know the value of what they have. Sometimes people are giving not because they are generous. They are giving because they don't know the value of what they have. They don't know the value of their time. So they waste it uh, following some... <laughs> some boy who is going nowhere, some young man who is going nowhere. And before they realize, 10 years is gone. And it's just been a waste of time. But they knew right from the beginning that he was taking them nowhere. My people will tell you that you can tell a bird that is not going to do much with its life <laughs> because it builds its nest by the roadside. So if you see a bird with a nest by the roadside, you know this, this bird is just not going anywhere. It has no future. You cannot serve God well until you take responsibility for everything he has entrusted to you. How much money can you give? You have school fees to pay. You have bills to pay. You have an education to save towards. How much truly can you give? So it doesn't matter if the preacher says the church needs a million dollars because we have to build a cathedral. It doesn't matter. How much is God challenging you to give? Honor that. Amen. In the book of Luke, the book of the Dr. Luke that he wrote to his friend Theophilus, he shares a story in chapter 5. He begins by saying, one day, I like the story that begins, one day, once upon a time, let me get curious, one day, what happened that day? See, one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we went hard all last night 
and they didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Amen. This is a beautiful story. And also, if you want to understand the concept of agency, this is a good one. So, Jesus did a number of things in this story. That is a guide for all of us. So, you notice didn't, Jesus didn't buy the boat. <laughs> he borrowed it. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay to borrow. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. He borrowed the boat, but the way he did it, First, he got onto the boat and spoke privately to the owner of the boat. Amen. He didn't stand out and shout so that if the person has to say, no, it is embarrassing. There was a great crowd. He wanted everybody to hear him. Those of us who live on the coast, we know how difficult it is to project your voice on the beach. It's so hard. So he needed some elevation to make it easier for the wind to carry his voice across. There were no microphones and speakers in those days, no amplifiers. So he needed a boat, urgently. Now, there were other fishermen whose boats were busy. He didn't go for those ones. He saw two boats that were resting. Two boats that were not in use. So he approached the owners of the boats that were not in use. And then he tells them, he tells him, may I borrow your boat for a short while? Just push it out a bit into the water so I can stand in and preach. Simon says, no problem. And then after Jesus finishes his sermon, he says, well, let me bless you with some fish. Just threw your net into the deeper side. You realize that if Simon hadn't given his boat to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus wouldn't have told him to throw his net and catch some fish. How do we know this? We know this because we were not the only fishermen there. <laughs> he didn't tell everybody, all of you go and throw your nets. He only said it to the one who gave to him. Amen. So, as part of our salvation package, we are blessed. Amen. The salvation, the Greek word sozo, this whole thing about accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. It is salvation that covers not just you going to heaven when you die, but also that all the riches of God in Christ Jesus have been given unto you. But there are certain types of blessings you will only experience them. You can only trigger or activate them through giving. Amen. I know that too many preachers try to manipulate and squeeze money out of people and tell them fantastic stories about 24-hour miracles and no. Don't do that. Don't allow yourself to be manipulated. But if you read the scriptures for themselves, over and over and over again, you'll see a pattern where certain particular breakthroughs, certain particular blessings are only triggered by giving. Amen. But the main point I want to make with this is that God is actually very reasonable in his demands. 
it's important to understand agency. It's important to understand this. So there are some ministries where they'll tell you, oh, the husband should stay in one city. Okay, I'm talking about church ministries. And then they'll post the wife to another town, another country, to start another church. But if you really look at scripture, you would know that God doesn't demand that of us. God doesn't intentionally split families because he wants to grow his ministry, for example. God is very sensible in his demands of us. Amen. So for somebody, it was just two loaves of two, five loaves of bread and two fish. <laughs> that was all the young man could give because that was all he had. Amen. The principle of agency says that you can't give that which is not yours. That is why it is wrong to use office time to be evangelizing or to turn office time into prayer time. I mean, you feel spiritual. You feel very spiritual and God in his mercy might actually come down and you'll experience a miracle. Our father is a very, very gracious father like that. But the principle is somebody is paying you for that time in the agreement that you should be working. I hope you understand. So technically, that time is not yours. You cannot do with that time as you wish because it is not your time. It is your employer's time. So, when the boats were busy on the waters trying to catch fish, Jesus didn't go and intercept them and say, stop fishing. I am the Lord, the captain of Israel's hosts. I want to use you as a platform to preach. Stop fishing. He didn't do that. The men and were going to hustle. They were tired. They caught nothing. Their boats were not being used. So okay. Can I use it? If I'm not, it's just, they are just sitting. They are not being used. So can I use them? Say yes, you can. Don't give to God that which you don't have. Because what you don't have is not yours. Amen. You can't sacrifice another person's child. Abraham didn't go and catch somebody else's child and bring to God and say, God, I'm sacrificing my brother's Isaac. His Isaac whom he loves. No. God didn't sacrifice somebody else's child. The Bible says he gave us his only begotten son. He was all he had. And that's who he gave us. Amen. So you can't be in covenant with somebody. Stand before God and say, I take this person to be my spouse for better, for worse. Till death do us part. And dishonor the covenant with the excuse of being so in love with Jesus that you don't have time to be in love with your spouse. You don't have time to connect. You don't have time to bond. You don't have time to warm each other in bed. There is zero romance in what is supposed to be a Christian marriage. But God never demanded that of you. 
<laughs> he never demanded that you sacrifice your marriage or the integrity of your marriage for his kingdom. What he demands is that you make time for him in your marriage. We have to be clear, very clear what he demands of us. What does he demand of you? He doesn't always demand the same thing of everybody. There was a young man who came to him and he told that particular young man, go and sell everything you have and give your money to the poor. That's interesting. He didn't say, go and sell everything you have and bring the money to the church. He said, go and sell everything you have and give the money to the poor and then come and follow follow me. And that young man couldn't. And that was the whole point of that instruction. He couldn't because money was his idol. Amen. For that particular young man, money was his idol. So Jesus said, this is a good opportunity to let you know that even though you claim to love me, you actually love money more. Amen. What are you giving to Jesus that he hasn't demanded of you? Because it's an impediment to fruitfulness. Some people are busy cleaning chairs, cleaning toilets, overworking in church because they want God to bless them. God says, no, you're already blessed. But you in particular, I want you to go back to school (laughs) because I want to equip you for the work I have for you. But your pastor may tell you, no, 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 serve God. (laughs) But what is God telling you? This is the principle of agency. That God has given you the capacity and the ability to do what he has enabled you to do. For which he will hold you accountable. So in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus speaks and says, simply let your yes be yes. And your no be no. Anything apart from that is from the evil one. What was? What did he mean by that? He said the two most powerful words in the world are yes and no. Can you say no? When in your heart you know that you want to say no. This whole thing with consent and rape, a big part of it, a big part of it, a, a quite a lot of people Listen, there are rapists in the world. Unfortunately and sadly, sometimes you may even find some in church. Sometimes they are pastors. So I'm not denying or trivializing rape. In fact, King David was guilty of rape. And so was his son. I'm not. And it's a terrible crime. But beyond cruel, forced rape, there is also this whole massive spectrum of people who were just never taught to properly say no and to say no clearly and to, and to say no assertively and to communicate clearly that this is not what I want. Be forthright. Amen. So, especially in cultures where we raise people, to be, young women to be coy, you know, even when she likes you, she's afraid you may think she's cheap. So, <laughs> she <has it. laughs> 
Yeah, man, son, you, you rock with you. Yeah, yeah, man, son, what are you saying? <laughs> oh, you rock. I thought you rock with you. What are you saying? Is it yes or is it no? You have a rock with you. It's not. She's like, her body language is saying yes, but her mouth is saying no. Like, what are you saying? Jesus said it's demonic. <laughs> it is demonic. Be clear. The problem is never saying no, it is the how. So you say it clearly, but also, especially depending on who you are dealing with, say it thoughtfully. Sometimes you have to say no kindly. Put a thought through it. Why did the person ask this of me? So, you know, maybe they have a need. Maybe they think you're the only one who can help them. But you know that you can't. You see? So, say it in such a way that they know that if you could, you would have. Interestingly, you don't need to explain your known. Jesus, Matthew 5 says, Matthew 5, 37, said, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Simple. Because the lying tends to come from when we have to explain. And yet, it is not necessary. So if I call you, Brother Peter, could you lead prayer meeting for us on Tuesday? You don't need to start with some long story. Oh, N.K., <laughs> I, I wanted to, but you know, my neighbor's chicken that flew over the wall last week? Uh, it's not necessary. Oh, N.K., sorry. Um, Unfortunately, I won't be able to. Uh, maybe another time. Uh, should, I, should I ask Brother John if he is available and could? In which case, I know that you are not leaving me stranded. But you are even trying to see if you can get somebody else to step in, isn't it? So that's a lot more thoughtful. But you don't need to justify your money. You don't owe people that. They want to borrow money from you. The last time they didn't pay. And now they've come back. So he said, no. I don't cast my pearls before swine, but that would be harsh if you said that. <laughs> so, so you say it thoughtfully and kindly. Say, oh, unfortunately, I can't help you. But I know that God always provides for his children. He will use somebody else to help you. Amen. Today, it's not NK. Amen. It's, it's okay. That's enough. Because when you understand these principles, then you can be truly fruitful. Amen. Then, because the last time I preached, I talked about pruning. See, it's okay to say no. Maybe we should all say that. It's okay to say no. Amen. Amen. The last point I'll make very quickly was that when Jesus came and asked Peter, in Luke 5, if he could borrow his boat. Peter was not in a good mood. Do you realize that? We didn't, Jesus didn't notice at the time. We even don't really see it until when Jesus said, uh, go deeper and throw your net. I said, Master, Master, you're a carpenter. Carpenter. But you've been preaching. God has called you, so you've been preaching. We tolerate you here. You know, you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. Last night, 
We went all night. We caught nothing. Broad daylight is when we are going to catch fish. Have you ever seen anybody catch fish in broad daylight? I'm tired. Don't waste my time. But out of respect for Jesus, he didn't go that far. He just said, listen, boss, we told all night and caught nothing. I live among fisher folk. It's hard work going fishing. So to come back with nothing is always very difficult for them. Jesus didn't ask Peter to give at the time when it was convenient for Peter. It wasn't convenient. He wasn't in the mood. You see why you cannot say I'm not in the mood as a legitimate excuse in marriage? You have a covenant to honor. The word covenant means it's not about your feelings. <laughs> it's a very legal term. <laughs> Why are people laughing? <laughs> you know? The word covenant is also what the same word will. You know why they call it a will? Because a marriage, a wedding, is a funeral. On the wedding day, you died, he died. And then one new person was born. So I'm not in the mood, it doesn't exist. The Apostle Paul said, he owns your body, she owns his body. You own each other's body. So even headache, I have a friend who would come with a glass of water and paracetamol because he anticipates his wife might say she has a headache. So he comes prepared. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. That's quite, that's quite brutal. <laughs> and it worked. After a while, he stopped hearing that. I have a headache because she wasn't ready to swallow paracetamol by force. <laughs> Amen. But I hope that you get this, that as part of stewardship, you cannot be a true steward of what God has given you if you don't have a proper understanding of agency. Amen. God has entrusted you with resources. He's entrusted you with gifts, with treasures, with time. And he will hold you accountable for them. And you're supposed to balance them out beautifully so that your life is balanced. So if you're married, the marriage, there's, you have time for each other. You have time for your children. If you're employed, you have, you have quality time for the work for which you get paid so that you can bring bread home. Amen. And if you are part of a church family, you make time for the work of God also. Amen. And if you have a proper understanding of agency, then you are able to align everything where they should be. And, and that's God's desire for us. See, the false balance is always an abomination before him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. May you help us. May you open our understanding so that we can better serve you and each other. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.